When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. This month, Yumiko introduced six new mesh tones available for all personalized pieces. And as a summer celebration, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. Visit yumiko.com for store hours, and be sure to follow along on Instagram, at Yumiko, to stay up to date. Special thanks to the Town of Vail for their support of the Vail Dance Festival and Conversations on Dance live podcast recordings. This episode was recorded at the Manor Vale Lodge. Take part in the Vale Dance Festival from wherever you are. On Monday, August 9th, 2021, enjoy a live stream of the festival's closing evening, Now Premieres. Featuring world premieres of works created at the festival, including the work discussed in this episode, the full evening will be available to stream on Vale Dance Festival's YouTube channel for a week. Be sure to follow Vale Dance Festival on social media for more information. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We can't believe we only have two of these left already. <laughs> My name is Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And Rebecca and I are both former dancers with the Miami City Ballet. And now we host the podcast, Conversations on Dance. As Rebecca said, it's been such a pleasure being out here every morning, almost every morning, um, introducing festival artists to all of you. And obviously, we see so many uh, familiar faces. And we thank you guys for coming out day after day. Yeah. So all of these um, episodes that we're recording live come out on our podcast feed the day after. So if you missed any of them or any of your friends missed them, you can share that information with them. We're also doing a whole bunch of um, additional episodes while we're here with other festival artists. So those will be coming out in the next couple of months. So be sure to look for that. Um, Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts, or you can um, check out our website. We have some cards up front if you need some more information. Yeah. Today, we are so lucky to be joined by Cleo Parker-Robinson, choreographer and founder of Cleo Parker-Robinson Dance. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. 
And I didn't realize we'd have an audience. This is great. Oh, I, like it. I like that. What a surprise. Yeah. It's like a performance. It's a good surprise. Wow. Yeah. So let's just start um, by hearing a little bit about how you first became interested and involved in dance. I don't know that I got interested. I was born into it, I think. You know, um, I was born in Denver, Colorado, in Five Points, in, in uh, a district. It's like the Harlem of the West. Mm-hmm. It was really wonderful. And born in a hotel that was where the musicians played. Mm-hmm. So Duke Ellington and Count Basie and everybody, it's underneath me. And here I am in the apartment above with my mother and father, mixed couple. Now, it was during Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. So my mother being white, my father black, that was really an extraordinary time. So mm-hmm. um, the only hotel for blacks in Denver, or in Colorado, or probably the region. So um, it was quite extraordinary. I would, you know, it's sort of like, for me, it's a blood memory. And I, mm-hmm. I think I didn't, I just woke up dancing. I <laughs> think that's the way it was. I think I moved all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, so started that way. And uh, then, of course, um, growing up in Denver, uh, we had the Colorado Ballet. We had some wonderful women that... Um, I got to meet very early in my life, mm-hmm. Friedan and uh, Lillian, Cavillo and Parker. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just had access to them, and I, I didn't realize how fortunate I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were very poor, but we were very fortunate mm-hmm. to be surrounded by this kind of, yeah. just kind of artistry and creative thinkers. Right. Were your parents involved in the arts themselves at all, or they just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother was, uh, she was a French horn player mm-hmm. with the San Diego oh. Symphony wow. at about 12. Oh, wow. She interned and was, you know, kind of, um, she, was, she was a wonderful musician. My father was a musician as well. Um, played a lot of horns, but he became, uh, and danced, he, he was my first dance teacher, mm-hmm. Jonathan Parker, yes, mom and daddy, thank you, they're with Aww. us today, you know, but they loved music, any kind of music, so I was born, you know, I would hear symphonies in the morning and jazz at night, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so it was about music. Mm-hmm. Did you really. ever play an instrument? I did, I played piano, and, okay. um, violin and that was strange violin was strange for me like i'm not getting the sound that i want right i I was impatient i wish i wasn't but uh it really was wonderful but my father became the first black actor in denver Mm -hmm. yeah and so i watched him on stage a lot he was he he was a theater man Mm -hmm. loved theater and my Uh mother was the best audience goer she was just the greatest fan (laughs) best yeah, so you, you were surrounded by the arts. You had all these options. What made you kind of hone in on dance specifically? Well, um, you know, the, the, the wild thing about it is my father really wanted to be a doctor. And mm-hmm. so I was the firstborn of four. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I was going to be a doctor. <laughs> so I didn't talk about being an artist. Mm-hmm. That, was not a, a, that wasn't anything we talked about. That's right. something we did. Uh-huh. You know, um, we just danced all the time. We sang all the time. We, we played music through the house. We did the calypso into the kitchen and wash dishes to music. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. That's the way we did it. But, um, you know, I don't think I really thought about uh, being a dancer until mm-hmm. I was at the Bonfils Theater. And we had uh, Ferdinand Nault uh, out of Canada doing Carmina Burana. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, once I heard that, it was like, oh, okay, fine. That's the, I don't care. I'll be a doctor but while I'm doing surgery or whatever, I will be <laughs> dancing through the operation room or yeah. whatever. So, I mean, I really, I, I, all of my studies were all about pre-med mm-hmm. and science. And, um, and the arts were always just what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I grew up in the Bonfils Theater. And I, 
I auditioned first as a singer because mm-hmm. I was scared to death. I saw those dancers, and I'm like, well, even though I took class, ballet was not, I already moved different. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, and to put something on my toes, and I loved the earth with my feet. <laughs> so it was really, really, um, I, I loved it, mm-hmm. but I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because my teacher at the, I think at Colorado Women's College, Rita Berger, she was with Balanchine. She wow. was a George mm-hmm. Balanchine dancer. So, of course, I mean, that was it. <laughs> and then she said, dancers must be intelligent. And I go, okay, fine, I'll be a doctor. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, it was hard. you must prove to the world that dancers are smart. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> what did I, I say? <laughs> so, did you, when, when did you express to your family, like, oh, this is the route that I want to go? Because your dad's uh, thinking that you want, are going to be a doctor, but also right. he's an artist too. Oh, so. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I watched what he did, not what he said. <laughs> you know, he was passionate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the passion. Uh, no matter what, I mean, you know, first of all, let's talk about black families at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly all black folks can dance. Now, why are you going to do that? You know, I mean, it was like that. Um, you have to do something for our people. You have to do something. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what is that something? What is that? And it wasn't about um, doing what was natural. You had to really um, make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was a tremendous pressure. Being mm-hmm. the, um, And then he was... You know, Paul Robeson was his role model in life. That's tough. You know, a fantastic singer and artist and activist. And so um, I was driven by activism. Mm -hmm. So being a dancer was not really what I thought about doing. I, mm-hmm. I thought about changing the world. Mm-hmm. So if I could do it with a plie, that was great. But I wasn't sure that being isolated, as dancers must be, Mm-hmm. Um, they have to really focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always my challenge. I, you right. know, Catherine Dunham says, Cleo, just focus, just focus. And I go, I wish I could. I wish I could. You know, <laughs> there's just so much of the world that I wanted mm-hmm. that it was hard to just be in a studio. But I'd say probably um, being in musicals at the Bombay's Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, guys and Dolls, hello. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> With Miss America and, uh, you know, uh, Marilyn Vandenberg. You know, I would watch these wonderful artists. And I, I, I got the bugs. So I would, um, of course, I auditioned as a singer. And then when I saw the dancers dancing, I left the rehearsal of the singers and I went with the dancers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the men were short. And they were not, I was tall. I was tall. <laughs> I'm like... Don't lift me. I'll lift you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll lift you. Don't worry about it. So it was really, really funny. Um, but I, I, I think I began to choreograph early. Um, I started teaching, teaching dance early, like 15. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wow. started teaching really early. So I was exposed, and I had people who, were, who cared deeply about me um, being able to survive. And, and, and I kept going, and what, is, what does that mean? You know, because I think when you are around such polarization and poverty or racism or, you know, if you're being womanized, mm-hmm. anything, be a strong woman, don't, 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 don't be a princess, be a warrior. Mm-hmm. And th- those were things that I learned um, from my father. My father yeah. created uh, the first all-woman tech team. Mm-hmm. To prove to the women, to the world that women can run tech, they mm-hmm. can run sound, and they can do lights, and they can uh, do wow. theater all over the world. And so that's that's what we did. 
Yeah. Wow. This sounds a lot like changing the world with a plie. How did you decide then that ballet or dance rather could fit that idea of, of marrying your love oh. of activism or oh, desire yeah. to, for that to the art? Okay, major moment in my life was when I was um, at Colorado Women's College. My father became the technical director. He ran the theater then. He became mm -hmm. the director of the entire theater right after Dr. King was assassinated. Mm -hmm. So um, I was a student, and there was a, a committee of, 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 of one a couple of students and uh, faculty to choose the new director of a building that would be built, mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. been built, yeah, the Houston Fine Arts Center. And so um, we interviewed uh, all over, nationally and so on. And my father was at the Bonfice Theater, and he was an actor and, and did lights and, and, and um, sort of self-taught all of that. So, um, but loved people and loved dance, loved dancers, mm -hmm. loved what they had to do, the discipline of waking up every day and training your body. Mm -hmm. to, to be present, no matter how you felt. And Daddy was like the champion of that. So mm -hmm. um, I think at the college, uh, we opened the building, and my father became the director and mm -hmm. the only director of, the, of that facility. Right. And they brought in, Rita Berger brought in this choreographer out of Europe, Elio Pomare. Elio was this marvelous choreographer. We heard all about him. He was in Copenhagen and blah, blah, blah. Black <laughs> choreographer. And I was there on the opening night in our wonderful Houston Fine Arts Center. And he was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, was mind-blowing. And there I was with my boyfriend, uh, who I've been married to for 51 years. <laughs> that Tom Robinson and I were sitting there. And um, he was angry at the audience. He was angry because they did not respond to his work. Mm -hmm. And his work was about, it was called Blues for the Jungle. And he did a solo called Junkie to show you there are folks that are dying of heroin. He was trying to bring a consciousness about what we see on the streets and mm -hmm. how, how do we not see them? Mm -hmm. And how can we just let them go through whatever they go through? So he did a piece that blew us away. Mm -hmm. And, and he said, all you black folks out there say, free Huey. And I'm going like this, what? <laughs> I'm at a predominantly white woman's college, and there's only about four of us in the whole college mm -hmm. that are black. Mm -hmm. And uh, my husband's darker, I'm lighter. And, uh, and so we go like this, free Huey. <laughs> free Huey. <laughs> We're right with you, brother. And it was just that kind of time of Chicano movement, Mm -hmm. Native American movement. It was a women's movement. It was powerful, but it, it shook me up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they ran him out of the theater, and my father took him out the back. He ran the company out the back, and he said, you will be lynched here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was my moment where I knew, oh, dance is pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. wow. If you're going to be lynched by the work you do, it's powerful. And so I knew that. I, I think that could also make you feel like you wanted to maybe shy away from making statements then. What made you say, no, I'm going to lean into it more? Well, <laughs> I, I knew I was all of the above and not just the above. I knew that if I wanted to do Carmina Barana, that there, I, and of course I had to talk to priests about what were really in those... Those, what were they really saying, those priests in Carmina Barana? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just wonderful that I could have this range that I, I had to fight for it 
It's not like it was just there. Because mm -hmm. even the critics, as I would create work, they'd say, she needs to stay with her own, shake your booty. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So um, uh, people will put you in a category. And uh, I think, uh, they say, I'm black dance. What is black dance? What is white dance? What, what is, dance is dance. However, it becomes political, it becomes cultural, it becomes, um, it, it's very complex, mm -hmm. it really is. Yeah. But I think I realized that I couldn't just make pretty dances, mm -hmm. that I had something inside that I had to say. Yeah. And I wouldn't choreograph until I had something right. to say. So what were some of your first choreographic opportunities and did they always involve sort of um, major political statements like you're talking about? No, 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 um, I mean, some well, if it's if it's radical mm. to just say how you live and be honest about it, if that's radical, then maybe I was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was. But you know, I mean, we were fighting for gay rights in the seventies and all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, we worked with Jewish people. We were going to sit-ins. I would see my parents mm -hmm. sit in, and we couldn't go swimming. I mean, it was just a number of things. We couldn't be in hotels like this. Mm -hmm. uh, we couldn't get housing. We couldn't. I, I stopped eating um, because eating was a challenge, whether or not we'd be served. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I made a choice to be an activist. I think you share the circumstances so that they're more public than private. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, And that took a lot of courage. It still yeah. does. I mean, every time you put something out there, you're naked as ever. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, I want everybody else to strip down to be negative. I'm going to be. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're really exposed. But, but I think some of my first work was about being in Dallas, Texas. Dallas was a major moment in my life because it was really segregated differently than Denver. When we were you in Dallas? in Denver. We, but we, and we had a tremendous clan activity there. Um, but nothing like Dallas. Mm -hmm. Dallas was really different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. At, at what point did you um, move from Denver back down to Dallas? So I, um, early age, mm -hmm. 10, 10 to 12. Okay. So, and I became very, very ill. So I know that racism is, it, it can create chronic illness. Mm -hmm. That's what I know. Uh, because I could wake up one morning as this physical child, I could dance, I could move, and all of a sudden my body was different. It was bloated. It was, my kidneys shut down. And then they couldn't get me to the right hospital, so my heart shut down and I had a heart attack. And then, of course, that part of, I feel like I'm like, <laughs> I made my transition. And uh, it was pretty deep being in the hospital there and um, being prayed back, being prayed back. And so my first piece is, is about that. It's called To My Father's House. Mm. And so mm. I think we make, we make an agreement to be here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was that recovery like for, for you? Well, the doctor said I would never be a normal child physically, mm -hmm. so I would not be a physical child. And so I think every time I dance, I, t I test that heart. Mm -hmm. I test the heart, and I go, 
okay, if I have a heart attack on stage, that would be very dramatic. <laughs> it would be like really fabulous, you know. Like, oh, that is incredible. And she didn't get up. Uh, um, and so I, uh, yeah, that's a real challenge. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you dance with that. You dance with it. You dance with life, but mm. you know at any point something could be walk yeah. over overnight like that in seconds. Right. So I think I learned to really um, I became mute. <laughs> could you believe it? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, don't laugh. Okay, Rebecca, no. I really I really was mute. Um, I and my husband says, Claire, you're lying. There's never a time that you were not talking. Uh, I said, no baby, it's before you met me. Uh, right. But it's true, um, and that's when I began to create. Mm. I began to create, and that's when I knew I wanted to say what I was seeing, because I was seeing a lot. Um, I think that, 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 that moment of that thin line between life and death, mm-hmm. that you mm. really are in another place, you're in another place. And I think the dancers, I mean, I leave their bodies for a moment. They mm-hmm. leave them. Um, um, more, you're, you're aligning the mind and the body and the spirit and emotion and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's so many dimensions, mm-hmm. you know, as you know. Yeah. It sounds like you have such clear intention and con- the way you build these concepts for each of your works, but I'm curious what the actual movement is often inspired by. Mm. Oh, gosh, everything. I, I was know. wondering if it had to do kind of with when you saw those boys and you said, well, I'll lift you. Don't worry, I can lift you. <laughs> Don't worry about lifting <laughs> No, but I love being lifted. But, you know, and I've only had a few partners that I would allow. It's sort of like Catherine Dunham. You know, only a few men um, partnered me. And uh, they're, they, they were wonderful. Um, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie Whitt. Uh, he came out of um, came out of Utah. He was he was uh, one of three sets of twins, and um, they wanted him to get out of Utah to save him because his life would have been absolutely destroyed there. And and that's how people talk to me. They don't go. He'd like to join your company. They go. If you don't get him out of here, he's going to die. And I go, okay, fine, all right, fine. Uh, so so that's how. The universe comes to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. come so so. It does come kind of clear like that. Mm. But the movement comes from anything. I mean, I could come from sitting outside and seeing how that that river or the brook moves over mm. the rocks. It's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I can watch trees for hours. I worked in Hawaii for ten years, oh, and wow. um, I, I I mean I wanted to live in Hawaii. I I I, I got so addicted to Hawaii. I went. I'd go from New York to Hawaii. What a, what a trip, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'd be working up in New York, bam, 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 and get to Hawaii and go, ha! <laughs> I'd breathe it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because New York has a rhythm like that. you got to be with it. Mm-hmm. And then Denver was sort of in between it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that. We have grass. We have lawns. We have, <laughs> we have concrete, <laughs> you know. So um, I always thought I wanted to live in, in um, New York until I got to Hawaii. And um, my my grandparents were um, developers of Hawaii, of of, of the Hawaiian um, Honolulu, mm-hmm. and and so the grandparents on on one side, you know, I've got the yin and yang. So my grandfather was a he was a a developer, and they, um, you know, 
um, inventor. And uh, so, you know, people being inventive, but, but he was a tremendous racist. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, loving my grandfather and trying to understand him and honor him and at the same time go, how do we bring someone so closed into our world? So mm. I would move and try to discover what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. But I'd also look at a zillion dancers mm-hmm. and watch anyone. But I think like Elio or Tally Beatty or, or Donna McHale, all the great choreographers I've worked with and danced for, I think any, any movement is dance, is dance. Mm-hmm. any movement, anything. Um, we come from a tradition of, of almost an African tradition that you are pushing. You are pushing the energy to pull it together to bring unity. That's the, that's the purpose. The intention is unity. And so you care about what that audience is feeling. It's mm-hmm. not just something surreal like, I'm dancing. <laughs> I am dancing. I am dancing. But, but we've had to bring communities together. Our intention is to bring communities together, and not just black communities, but communities all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we find that that synergy, like rain dance, mm-hmm. like what Milton Myers does with our piece that we've done 35 years, which we did last night. Um, I said, dancers, you are connected to the universe. So mm-hmm. um, this dance piece that was created in 1983 by Milton, if you do it right, it'll rain. Mm-hmm. So the other day it rained. They were texting me, Cleo, it rained. It rained. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, it doesn't always rain. So let me tell you what. <laughs> so tell us about the inspiration to found your own company and what it was like to really start that from the ground up. Well, I, I don't know if I ever thought about having a company. Mm. I thought about, I don't know, Rita Berger uh, sent me to New York. She mm-hmm. said, Cleo, you know, I'm studying Anthony Tudor, and I'm studying all the great, great choreographers and Balanchine and so on, and also hearing great stories. Mm. So I love the stories <laughs> that you hear about ballet dancers. They're the best, you know what I mean? <laughs> he loved all of his ballerinas. And I go, okay. So I, I was with one of the dancers who said, I'm going to be one of his wives one day. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like a Maria Taltieff or something. We're going to be like that. But, but uh, so that was fun, the mystique and the beauty and the mystery and the, the uh, it, we create our own lives. You could create, almost you could remove yourself from the madness mm-hmm. and create different madness, but, but you could do that. So I think, you know, wanting to bring people together I was in psychology and education. That, that was where I was. Mm-hmm. But I danced all the time, and I always taught. But I had a teacher that sent me to New York. And once I saw Alvin Ailey, mm. forget it. Mm. But it wasn't just seeing his company. It was being in the women's bathroom, where I, <laughs> was, where I heard languages from all over the world. Mm. And they're speaking Spanish, and they're speaking French, and they're going. And I go, this is where I belong. <laughs> In the women's bathroom in New York. <laughs> that's amazing. I knew it. I knew that. I knew. I knew that. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. Yeah, yeah. I am of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, if they put me in a box like that, and then of course I saw Catherine Dunham. I took in Dunham classes. I went, 
that's the way I move. Oh, that's the way I move. So I felt mm-hmm. a, an affinity, although she, you know, she was a ballet dancer. Right. Um, her feet were phenomenal, and her <laughs> legs were insured for a million dollars. How do we make feet and legs like that? <laughs> but, um, but she, uh, understanding then her technique, mm-hmm. her technique um, is, is, is what I followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I understood, like, when I took classes from Bruce Cunningham or, or um, Murray Lewis or um, Alan Nikolai or um, uh, Eric Hawkins, they're taking... They're, they're taking from the universe and other cultures. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I mean, uh, ballet is a European folk dance. Mm-hmm. It's the, and so I was taking, I was receiving dance from folks, mm-hmm. from people. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be with people so I could find out what is it that you do. And I'm like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I want to <laughs> do that. So watching and imitating is one thing, but then training and mm-hmm. making the decision. Who do you want to train with? So that was it. Do I want to train with Martha Graham? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to do deep contractions. Uh-huh. I want to be in deep pain. <laughs> I love it. I'm in deep pain, honey. So um, I, I, I related to that. I yeah. love Martha, honey. Uh-huh. You know, um, but, and I would take classes at the Graham studio. And I love the ritual of coming into the class. Mm-hmm. The ritual. And the ritual that Miss Dunham had when I mm. took classes with her in East St. Louis, the poorest country in the poor, I mean, the poverty. But to see young people come in. So I think my decision to make the company, if I can say this, is when I went to New York and I did three things. I went to audition. I drove with my husband because he was going to, um, he was an athlete and um, I, he was going to play at uh, Madison Square Garden. So he was an athlete. We were athletes. You know, mm. I, I played basketball and I did all that. So I didn't know if I wanted to be a basketball player. Or yeah. I, I was in the Junior Olympics. I was a runner. Um, what was he so, doing at Madison Square Garden? What was he playing? Oh, he was playing basketball. Of basketball course he was. So, That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's pretty cool. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Call me down. So, uh, but, but when I went to class, I knew that I loved, I could go into that class, into that, I can go to ballet class, modern class, you know, and I, and I loved everything. Um, but then I went to Harlem. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I go to Harlem, and my husband, he, he's, a, he's an athlete, football player and everything, he is grabbing my hand like that. I'm going, <laughs> we're in Harlem, why are you scared? I mean, I'm like, what? Because of the stereotypes, I understood that. I said, so people would rather believe stereotypes than have the real experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I've always been about, I don't know what you've experienced, but I want to experience it, and mm-hmm. I want to know what that feels like. So I walk into Arthur Mitchell's. Uh, both of them were in churches at that time. Alvin was in the church, and, and Arthur was in church. I walked in, sacred space, sacred space, done. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm creating a sacred space. Right. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so when I came back, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was very upset because I thought I wanted to audition. <clears throat> but I saw Mary Hingston in class, and I saw Carmen Love a lot, and I saw these dancers. I'm like, oh, Heavenly Father, look at that. Look at how gorgeous they are and how disciplined. And mm-hmm. I knew that by making so many other choices about what I wanted to do, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I was not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was not going to let another young person who wanted to be there 
not able to be there. Mm -hmm. That was my commitment then. Yeah, it sounds like you have so many different influences. (laughs) uh, And you you take from so many different places. So how did you kind of hone in on one specific mission for your own company and, and then seek to implement that? Well... You know, I think my father just had a tremendous influence on my life. And my mother was unbelievable. She was just so beautiful and so open. She became the um, director of my school. My father became the director of my technical aspect. So every choreographer that came in. But I think knowing that we could create a village, we could create a village mm-hmm. um, that might be a little different, and that we had to just be okay with being a little different, you know, and, and not to try to be different, but that we were different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, not, and not to look at that as a, um, a deficit, mm-hmm. yeah. but an asset. And I think that I, I've had to work with that. I mean, um, when I began to teach at 15, I was in a, um, I was, I was working in psychology. I was interested in, 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 in being a, either a doctor or, or a psychologist or whatever until I ran with a lot of psychologists and then I knew that was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, we were studying acid. You know, they were taking lots of drugs. And I was like this, rum and coke is just fine for me. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they had to experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wasn't, that's not where I wanted to experiment. Yeah. I, I wanted to experiment on the stage mm-hmm. with people. And, and, not, and not with substance. And uh, I was chicken. I was not going to do all that, not to my body. But, uh, but, but we had to discover what it did. So I have worked with psychologists over a long time. I mean, we've worked in Iceland and Peru and so on with um, science. And, and, um, and I bring the arts. But I think just knowing that I wanted to um, give others especially in the black community and the brown community. And I had a, a, another company, um, Ballet Folklorico Netzawalcoyote, um, a Chicano company. So mm. we were like radical together. We were mm. radical Chicanos and blacks and we were power. And we were, you know, understanding that our voices needed to be heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they would be heard through the dance. Because therefore, um, it, it, it's not political, it's human. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think finding out what our human experience is and how diverse it is and being open Mm -hmm. to it is what I I had fun discovering. But I was very bored with myself. Oh, my God. I didn't want just me to choreograph. I wanted to see what works Mm -hmm. others were doing. Mm -hmm. So we were all growing together. So I once I started my company at 21 when I came back from New York after. But it, it happened because the Model Cities Cultural Center was expanding because we had government money in mm-hmm. the country. The government dollars were to help build infrastructures that had been forgotten. So we wouldn't have had to do it in the first place if there was equity. Ashe, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we had so much work to do in, in communities that had been forgotten. Housing, they were in these uh, unbelievable housing units and, um, and drugs and, and gangs and so on. And so um, they, uh, Tom was, Tom was um, in San Francisco trying out for the San Francisco 49ers. We just got married. My bag was at the door. I was living in San Francisco. I was going to be a wife of a 49ers, honey, done and done. And so I danced my way into San Francisco. But 
Um, an interview came out in the paper that there was a, an opportunity for a director. And my husband said, you know, why don't you go on to apply? I said, for what? I would be living in San Francisco. I had no idea he was being, um, he, was, he was injured. He was mm. really hurt. And he didn't oh. want to tell me that he, he, was, he was hurt. Oh. Um, so I couldn't understand why I'm ready to leave Denver. Um, finally, I never thought I'd live in San Francisco. I thought I'd live in New York. But I went for the first day interview, and I got the job on the spot. And then I said, I don't know what to do, honey. I got the job. Mm-hmm. And so I could direct, teach, choreograph, do anything I wanted. Howsoever, I had no students. I had no studio. <laughs> I had no teachers. I had nothing but the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think people need. Yeah. yeah. In that moment, could you have ever envisioned that 51 years later, you'd oh, still please, be running the company? Never. <laughs> never, never, never. And I go, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel honored and humbled. And, but there's so many people I may have. I mean, I decided to call it the Cleo Parker Robinson Dance um, Ensemble, but I called the first, the first thing I called it New Dance Theater. So I took it from Alvin Ailey and Arthur Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, because Arthur, you know, um, dance theater of Harlem. Theater is what I did. I did theater. Mm. And so I did so many musicals. I mean, I was choreographing Pearly and West Side Story and whatever, everything in the world, um, and loved it. I loved, I loved musicals. So I knew there was a theatrical part of what we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were modern dancers. So I kept trying to figure out what box... People want you to be in a box. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll be in this box. For a I'm over in this box. But, but I think having the range of experience attracted the choreographers like Donald McHale. Right. Yeah. So your company has a very rich history here at the Vail Dance Festival, performing in the opening of the Amphitheater in 1987, which is so fantastic. What makes um, this place so special for you and for your company and why you're mm. happy to return? Well, I, I, first of all, I think um, I used to love the fact that people would say, and you're from New York, when did you move to Denver? When did you move to Colorado? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, let me see what I can make up. Um, <laughs> I know I was born in Colorado, and this is, my, this is, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and to change the way people thought about it was very important, mm-hmm. uh, that there was art mm-hmm. and there was serious art. So this festival... Oh, that Damien has, has, has continued and grown and cultivated, and it's brilliant. It's yeah. wonderful. I mean, it's, our, it's a haven. It's uh-huh. a, you know, it's, a, it's not just like um, being a Woodstock or being, you know, for the musicians. It's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I, I remember, um, you know, dancing here with my father, Bringing up in the winter on a, in a, a big diesel, whatever my lights. I brought my lights and my mm. floor and my sound, and we're coming up the mountain, and it's about snowing, and I think we're all going to die <laughs> because we're hitting that, hitting the curves, and they weren't all, you know, um, where they're sophisticated roads now. But we came up to perform for um, President Ford, and um, we were creating a concert in a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a, a wonderful um, um, student who became a photographer, who became a filmmaker, became. So Margie Suhuli, her family's from China. And she was taking classes in the studio, and she said, Cleo, um, you know, 
do you mind if I take photographs? And I go, oh, okay, honey, that's fine. And then she says, you know, I, there's a problem. I, I'd rather take film because there's too much energy. I can't capture it in photographs. Can I tour with you? And I'm going, honey, you don't be on the tour bus with my company. Those are very private. No, nobody, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. a dancer's life, if you're not a dancer, to be on the tour bus is different. Mm -hmm. So I said, no, I'm not so sure. So I came, um, she then became my marketing director. I mean, so and she says, Cleo, you know, I think, I think you need to know the president is going to be in bail. And I'm going, wonderful. She said, no, I think you need to perform for him. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> why not? So she said, well, let's just create a concert. So we do. Right when we get ready, we put the lights up in the sound and we work like mad and hit the deadline and the Secret Service comes down and says, um, I'm sorry, the president will not be joining you this evening because he's a little tired from skiing. I'm going, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? So I'm so upset, I don't know what to do. Dancers, my sister dancing, my company, we created these wings. We're dancing and dancing. We're angry and we're dancing and we're, she's throwing up, she's going on stage and throwing up every time she comes off and we're going, Get back out there. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're going through it. But at the end of the concert, Margie Suhuli, Miji, very quiet, little one, very quiet, Cleo. I said, yes, Miji, I'm glad we did it, but I'm sorry the president didn't come. She said, but there's somebody who wants to really meet you. And I said, who? She said, well, come over here. He wants to meet your family and so on. Gordon Parks. And I went, what? Gordon Parks? I said, Better than the president. <laughs> what, 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 what? So I'm like, Gordon Parks. Gordon sees me and he says, your company is incredible. Mm -hmm. I want to compose for you. And I'm going, but you're a photographer, you're a filmmaker. <laughs> and I thought, how ridiculous. You don't know what somebody is. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I have a piece for you that I, I want mm -hmm. you to dance to. And so I went, okay, okay. And he says, so come to New York. And I'm going, I can do that. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I said, but I'm going to Africa and we're representing the company. We're, we're, we're representing the country in Lagos, Nigeria for the largest uh, gathering of African uh, of the African diaspora mm -hmm. in, in 1977. So I've got to represent the country. When I get back, I will come. So I go and I work with him. In, um, he lived in uh, the penthouse at the United Nations. So I get to walk through the United Nations mm -hmm. before I go and we begin to work. <clears throat> but he says, this has to be documented. So we begin filming. So we come back to Vail and we film here. And so when I walked through yesterday, I went, this is where the filming began. It was just wonderful. It was wonderful. So we created a film called Cleo and Gordon, um, and that was just wonderful. It took us 10 years to make the film, 10 years. Wow. wow. 10 years to make the film. But when it did come out, it was about Angela Davis, and I danced Angela Davis for 10 years. And um, I, I, uh, it almost killed me, I really. Um, uh, one time I, I was in the... Of course, the bathroom, say on the floor, writing my journal, I will never dance this piece again. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about this stuff anyway. So I, why, why kill myself? You know. And um, I, 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 I swore I would never do it again. And then Angela Davis comes into my life. After I've made the total commitment, I will never dance this piece again. <laughs> she comes into my life and she says, I've been hearing all about you. And I love the film. And please, please, I want to see you and meet you. And I'm going... Oh, my God. So I meet her in Colorado. Colorado is the best. <laughs> she comes to Colorado. 
with Rap Brown and some other Black Panthers, and we meet, and I'm going to meet with her. And we go up to, I guess it's um, Greeley, and she's going to speak for the Black Student Alliance. And she said, Cleo, do you mind waiting? And after the reception, everybody wants to sign autographs there. I'm waiting for her. She said, do you mind coming to my room? I go, absolutely. And so I come to her room. It's the same room where I wrote, I will never do this dance again. The same room. <laughs> and I began to scream. I started jumping on the bed. Oh, my God. She was like, I just met you. I said, I have my journal right here. Read it. This is the room I was in. And I said I would never dance this piece again. And she said, so? You'll dance it again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, my God, no, I won't, because I'm afraid it would really kill me, honestly. And she said, just one more time. So I did do it at the University of California in San Diego. And she said, well, I'll be coming from Kenya. I've got to go home to Alabama because my family's not good. But I will be there in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I will do it one more time. So in the documentary, she's there with me, and so mm -hmm. that's fun. But I said, it's Colorado. It is like this, this air, this openness, this sense of community not being restricted about this way we do it in New York, this way we do it in the South, this mm -hmm. way we do it in, in Harlem, this way. There's an openness, and people come here open. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I just can't imagine you ever making a work that's not full of, I mean, a million ideas and concepts. Oh, so I want to know a little challenge. bit, <laughs> a little bit about what um, what's sort of inspired, or what are the driving forces behind your premiere tomorrow night? Mm. Ooh la la! Well, I'm so excited, and when Damien asked me during the pandemic to choreograph this work, a work. We want to commission you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been coming to the festival. You are kidding. I, I was so, so elated. And then I, I was challenged, really, really challenged, because we were still in quarantined and we were mm -hmm. going through so much. And I, and I was still angry. I was angry. George Floyd made me angry. I was angry with our country. I was angry with things that have not changed. And I went, and you want me to come to Vail and make people happy? I'm not mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. and my, I was resistant. I was like, I don't care what you say. That's not going to happen. I'm, I, don't, I can't do it. I don't have a happy bone in my body at this moment. I'm watching the news 24-7. Mm. People are afraid to come together. I can't see my grandbabies. I'm, my husband's on Zoom. I don't know who he is. I'm like, I am doing it. Mm. So it was very, very, very hard. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done because of the time and because I wanted to be honest mm. and I didn't know how to be honest. I didn't know how how to take this assignment that came out of the universe, which is an extraordinary opportunity, and be honest with myself. So I struggled with it. And, and, and so you'll see in the piece the struggle. Mm -hmm. You'll see the struggle. But I didn't even know what music, so we said, you can, one of our composers is um, the composer for uh, Hamilton. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> access to Hamilton. I'll do it, honey, whatever. <laughs> so what I mean, I could shift quickly. I could see that the, don't get stuck in the dark. Don't get stuck there. But I said, I, I, I don't know what that takes. And I need something that just, I, I feel like I can discover. So 
we were hiring during the pandemic. We never shut down. We, wow. never, we started hiring. I hired a second company that performed last night that are brilliant. We were hiring staff that the University of California. This young man comes in and he says, you know, I lived in, I never interviewed him, but um, my son, who's my executive director, who you will meet tomorrow, he danced <laughs> in the Wiz. He did a little munchkin, he was, now he's running the company. Oh. Never thought he would have anything to do with dancers because we're kind of crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> what? But anyway, my son now is um, our executive director, but he hires this young man. The young man is a composer. He says, I don't know, you know, um, are you, do you think you've heard Omar Thomas's work? I go, no, I've never, I don't know him. I've worked with lots of composers and so on. I don't know him. He said, well, you might want to hear something. I would like to send some to you. I've never met him. So he sent me music, and I go, hmm, that's the piece. So mm. I use this piece of music, and it's live, and I can't get anything that's not live. So I have this part where everybody's clapping in the music, and so I'm going, I can't get that out. And then, so I'm using the, 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 the testimony and shout. So I knew I can't shout until I have a testimony. Mm -hmm. So that's where I began to work with the dancers. Mm -hmm. And I worked with their real things that they were really going through. I think yeah. people even got towards suicide. Mm -hmm. It was so dark. So I, I, and so I went, okay, I'm going to make everybody feel really good, but you're going you're gonna to have to go through it with me. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be in the journey. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have a little bit of, you've got to be in that uncomfortable zone that we were all in because we're not done. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not done. Yeah. Um, and how do we uplift each other in it? Mm -hmm. If we cannot uplift ourselves, we can't uplift anyone else. And so right. that's the work. So that's the, that's, the, that's the celebration. So tomorrow night, you all will be dancing. <laughs> I'm not going to do it any other way. <laughs> if I'm going to dance, everyone's going to get up and dance. <laughs> because um, being able to have these soloists from the New York City Ballet, ABT, Little but all of these extraordinary artists together, mm -hmm. it's it's really it's really something. Yeah, we're Wonderful. excited. We're excited. We can't wait the to dancers see it. are are going to be working in about an hour mm -hmm. um, with with the dancers, mm -hmm. and they've never met. And so I think that's the part I love about dancers. Sort of like jazz musicians, you go into a club and get your horn out, play sax, and you're playing with some of the best, mm -hmm. and you're playing for that hour, and it's just. Something you remember all your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. that's what will happen with the dancers oh. and with us. Love we it. absolutely can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. I am so honored yeah. and so blessed. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. It's called Standing on the Shoulders. And so I think, Michael, you're right. What was hard about making this piece is that once I decided, I made the commitment, I said, if Damien believes in me, which I was so thrilled that he was, mm -hmm. because... Um, I then opened up, opened up, opened up, and then everybody started coming through. I was like, okay, now Whitman. I see Alvin, I see Arthur, I see Catherine Dunham, I see Pearl Primus, I see, and I would start pulling mm -hmm. those artists in, mm -hmm. and George Balanchine, I would start seeing everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I said, um, they're all present, they're all present. So I realized, even if we have tremendous sadness, which, which many families do, I mean, my building, the building I have, that says Cleo Parker Robinson dance on the building. Took a long time. Mm -hmm. It took 50 years mm -hmm. to do this. And it took a lot of people, a lot of people to do it with. Lots of folks, they'll never know who that was. And some people who are not here, 
that worked very hard. Names, I'm, so I think that when I was working on this, I saw Catherine Dunham's statement and she said, don't let them forget my name. What a great note to end this portion on. Let's see if any of our audience has some questions for you. Anyone? Hello. Look yeah. at that. I just want to make a comment and ask you a really small question. But I just want you to know this is one of the most inspiring. I mean, I'm almost crying because this has been one of the most inspiring talks I've ever heard. And, um, yeah, I'm having a hard time. Aww. So, um, said something that caught my attention. You said, when I became mute, mm. that's when I could create. Mm. And I just would like to ask you to say a little more, because, mm. you know, when we're trying to create something, we're trying to push out mm. words or mm. whatever our medium is. Mm. And, some, you know, that seemed mm. profound to me, and I just mm. wanted to comment on that a little bit. Wow. It, it, you know, my mother is so funny. Um, she really was white. I mean, you know, I, 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 she would sing in this choir, and it was an all-black choir. And, and I would look, and I'd, I'd, I'd see all these beautiful people, and, the, and they were all singing, all, going, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden I go, and the white one is my mother. That, that one's my mother. And I couldn't talk about it in the South, you see. We had to hide my mother. It's almost like the Holocaust, you see. And so I was afraid to speak it, afraid to, because if I did, it could harm my mother or father. So I had to find another way, almost like capoeira. You see capoeira, and they're speaking it. You better know what they're saying. It, it, when the drums are taken, when your language is taken, you find other ways other ways to speak it. So I found it in the movement. Mm -hmm. And um, I still sometimes have to be quiet because I really love people. <laughs> you can tell I really dig this stuff. But, uh, you know, um, um, but being silent, we were all forced to be silent for a moment in, in, in this COVID time. We were forced to be silent. And we were forced to do in reflective and, and, and to go inside and to then look at who was most important in our lives because we may not have them in one week. Mm. We may not. We may not. And how precious is that moment, that time? How precious is it? And so be kind. It's all about love and kindness. It's nothing more than that. Mm. It's nothing more than that. Mm. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and to then comfort, know how to comfort each other. Because we needed, we found out we needed each, we needed our bodies together. We couldn't be together. And even if somebody was, had COVID in a house and they had to be isolated in another area, right. they could not physically be together. Mm -hmm. We needed our bodies together. And that's why I think when Damon asked me, I said, well, I might be feeling evil, honey, but <laughs> I know it's important for us to have this time together because... There's no time like this time. Mm -hmm. This is an extraordinary time in our history. And what I, what I did in the piece is I called upon ancestors. 
I didn't care if they were black or if they were white or if they were Chicano, if they were Asian. I didn't care who they were, whatever. All my ancestors, everybody, the United Nations up there. Mm -hmm. And I said, give us breath to get through this. Give us breath. And that has no, those are no words. That's the sound of breath. So I start my piece with breath. Mm -hmm. And I started with breath. And I kept saying, well, that's ridiculous. They'll never hear him because we don't have any mics and I'm not recording it. I was going to record it. And then I went, so if I record it, it's false. Mm -hmm. I want them to know that we are all human. That's all we are. We make up all this other stuff. We're all creating. Mm -hmm. We're creating who we are every second. But we are just human. And how cool is that? Yeah. How cool is that? I don't care if we're old or young or big or small or children or elders or whatever. Women, men, doesn't matter. Trans, it doesn't matter. We're human. How cool is that? So that's what I want to do. I want to celebrate that. Oh, it's so perfect because it really has felt like that through the festival, just like all being back together. And that's going to be the perfect way to top it off, that feeling of togetherness. Well, we... we, we when you have an intention, you know, and I think I had to get to the right intention. Mm -hmm. And I had to listen to my mother and father because they had to say, it doesn't help to be angry. George, George Floyd's not having, the world seeing him not breathe and call on his mother, oh, heavenly father, is that deep? Deep, that's deep. But there are many, many others. If I could tell you the things that have happened in my life that I've seen, and that I've experienced that are not, not pleasant. They're not pleasant. And so it's okay. Um, you know, I mean, I've run a company for 50 years, so, you know, I've seen just about everything. Last night when, when we heard something that was very disappointing and the dancers were disappointed. And so I said, trust me. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but trust me. And I said, so they said, what are you going to do? And I said, when I know, I'll tell you. I don't know yet. I'll tell, you. I'll tell you when I know, but I don't know. So I can't tell you something I don't know. But when I know it, you'll be the first to know and trust that. And so I said, um, you know, we can make choices about what, how we are going to deal with each other um, and how we're going to deal with our own circumstances. We have many circumstances. I mean, I wish I could tell you some of the things. I fight for men a lot. Um, I fight for black men because I, my father, you know, my father was a sharecropper. So for him to go from picking cotton, picking cotton and being in the fields and understanding other, other people who are still working in the fields. And I get to dance on that stage. Hmm. I get to dress up and be cute. And somebody go, Robinson, I love it, I love it. But I know the other part of the world. I know that. Mm -hmm. And that's part of all of us. We all know that. And so for a moment, we get to, to be in all that. And some had funerals, and they couldn't even be present at the funeral. And my sister-in-law from Greece, she called me, and she said, I am so glad your brother died last year. And I'm going, what did you say? She said, because we had a funeral for him, and if he would have died now, we wouldn't have had a funeral. And I was like, oh, this is some sick stuff. Boy, okay. But it was the reality, mm -hmm. the reality of what mm -hmm. we have been in yeah. and we're in. So together, we will, we're going to get through this, and we're going to be grateful for the moment. But we're also going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about our humanity. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It'll be cold. 
Let me go. Thank you for the moment. I know I'm over time, probably. But, yeah. you know. yeah. Well, we have some more yes. questions. Go ahead. So, Carmina Burana. Yes. Uh-huh. I chase it around the country. Oh. I went to Montreal two years ago to see it. Oh. Salt Lake to Ballet West oh. is going to do it. Oh, my God. So, are you going to choreograph it? Did I ever? Yeah. Sugar, you should see my Carmina. <laughs> Honey, Lord, have mercy. It's fabulous. I did it. I opened Better Concert Hall with it. Wow. da da Bam! Da-da-dee-da. So I was carrying my son, and I was in um, Fort Collins bringing the Alvin Ailey Company to Fort Collins. I wanted them to know all about this company. And I'm pregnant as ever. I'm beyond nine months. And I have an attorney who's my, 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 my executive, well, yeah, my Harvard attorney, who is wonderful. Um, so we all come out of the ghetto. We all the poor, but, you know, we rise, rise up. We'd be like, okay, I rose. But you want others to rise with you. So I am here with um, pregnant as ever. Sitting in front of me is... Who was a choreographer with the eyebrows? Oh my God, I can't even remember his name at this moment. Carmen de Lavala worked with him and he's sitting in front of me. And Carmina starts and I'm just waiting for Carmina Burana. That's all I want. The first note hits and I go into contractions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am so pissed. <laughs> I am running down the mountain to have this baby. <laughs> that, that percussion brought my contractions and I'm going, Oh, God, baby, I'm getting ready to have the baby now. And he goes, go ahead. We run out of the theater. We're running down. We, I get prepped. I get ready. And they go, oh, you better go home. You're not ready. I go, what? I miss Carmina Burana. Oh, you don't know this is evil stuff right here. <laughs> I am mad now. No. So I said, um, my, 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 my teacher, as I began to work with her, and I worked with a great composer, um, Jean Berger, was my my other um, two professors in, when I was about 18, um, he would say, Carmina Burana. So I'd go to Boulder, and it would, it would snow, and I'd sit in the snow, and I'd listen to Carmina. And so I created it as a solo. And then I created as a solo, as a solo Carmina. So you know I was killing myself all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> so, but, then, but then when I had a company, I opened Bitzer Hall with a symphony, mm-hmm. with Carmina Burana with my father creating the lights. And every note had a different feeling for him with the lights. I mean, it was just crazy, fantastic. And I worked with another choreographer. I like to collaborate, so Barbara Gardner and I choreographed it. And it was like, like you say, there is a whole world out there of Carl Orff fanatics. And so I would drive down the street in, in Denver and I'd be like the Beatles. Roll down the window. Are you doing Carmina? When are you doing Carmina? <laughs> we like, we're doing it in a minute. So I think we opened it at about 79 or 78. Time for a revival. Ah, well, I did it with, um, not Joanne Valletta, who's my director, Mar- Marin Alsop, yeah, who's a great conductor. I, I worked with her to do it again, and I did it with Verdi's Requiem, and um, that was hard to do. Because one is pure death and the other one is life. Mm. And um, I worked with AIDS a lot. I had lots of dancers die of AIDS. And so um, when I was on the island of um, Kauai, I mean, I'd worked on Kauai for 10 years, and I worked with mostly partners that um, one is leaving, one's leaving. And um, 
we did a whole ritual with Carmina as, as their transition. And I felt so guilty. I was like, I don't want them to hear so much life when they're making a transition. It's too much life. That's, they, I, that, that made me feel like they would have to suffer more to have to, have to leave this place to go to another. And so, but we used Carmina for that transition mm -hmm. time. And it was really something. So I've had many different journeys with it. Uh, but I am ready to do it again. <laughs> I'm ready to do it again. And would you come? Oh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I would, I would mm. come. When I, when I went to Montreal, I bought tickets for two nights. Boom, boom. Oh, two times. wow. And then after I'd seen it two times, I said, well, no, wait, that wasn't enough. So I went back and bought a ticket for the third time. You're so kidding. You know I'll not only come, I'll buy a ticket for every oh, night. <laughs> well, I love it, and I've seen it in, uh, oh, John Butler's, who I was saying. John mm. Butler was sitting in front of me mm -hmm. with the furry eyebrows that come <laughs> out like that. And, uh, you know, so these brilliant people, these brilliant people. But I do think this is it. Even in Carmina, we talk about seasons in our lives, the seasons. And so we can be in one season. That's why I love Colorado. Hmm. That's why I love last night. Here <laughs> we are. We're ready. My dancers are like wearing shorts and being all cute and la, la, la. <laughs> and, so, and it got cold. I was like this. It's Colorado. You better put on some pants, put on a little jacket, put on a, you know. And because we're going to have all the seasons. And I think we're going to have those seasons in our lives. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, to move gracefully out of one season into mm. another. Unfortunately, I think that's all let's the time go. we have. I know, I could stay here for five go. hours with you, please. Thank you That all. was so great. Uh, thank, thank you. you. Special thank you to Tom Boyd for producing this episode. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.